Welcome to the Free Oakley Podcast. This is your host, Billy Johnson. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night, January 25th. This is the first Free Oakley of 2024, but this is the first episode of season four. So yeah, season four of Free Oakley, three seasons under our belt here. So just a quick thank you to everyone who's out there listening. Very much appreciated. Drop me an email. The show has a Gmail account, freeoakleypodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. If you want to hear any specific topics, drop me a line. would love to hear from the people out there. So we're a couple weeks into the new year. This is the first pod of the year. I figured I would do a solo one. And I've been a bit busy. I have been just going to nonstop basketball games over the last few weeks. I have been to seven basketball games in the last six weeks in one hockey game, if anyone is counting out there. But seven hoops games. So it's it's been a busy December and January. I've mixed it up between college hoops and, and the Knicks. I went to the Knicks Pistons. I went to the Knicks Magic when I was down in Florida for Christmas. So that was Knicks at Orlando, which was super cool. Went to the Blazers game in two nights ago on Tuesday. I went to the Knicks Nets in Brooklyn, which was a wild scene. Knicks have uh, been playing awesome over the last couple of weeks. I have also been to a number of college hoops games. I've been to Providence, St. John's at MSG. I went to Seton Hall, Providence last night at Newark at the Prudential Center. I also talked my little guy. My little guy is four. And we went to the St. John's Marquette game last Saturday. So I got to say, college hoops is just the best. I picked up two tickets for a noon start St. John's Marquette, $15 each. Uh, me and the little guy took the subway down to the MSG from the Upper West Side, you know, 20 minutes down on the train. I got there, actually got there right before halftime, you know, because it wasn't Providence. So I wasn't in a major rush to get in. I just wanted to, to spend some time with Will. So, and, you know, we take him to the game. So we got there at halftime. I got him a big bag of peanut M&Ms and made it to the second half, home by 2.30. Uh, nothing beats college hoops. I've uh, been to a couple games up at Ro- Rose Hill for Fordham this year, and um, really nothing, nothing, nothing better. But uh, before I dive into to the Friars, and, and we'll talk a little bit of Friars later, let's uh, let's start with the Knicks. Like I said, I've been going to nonstop Knicks games over these last couple weeks. Started with the Knicks Pistons, and then I went to the Knicks Magic. Like I said, right before, uh, right after Christmas, and that was the game. The last game of the Knicks before the Ananobi trade. So that was a, a Friday night against the Magic in Orlando. They lose that game. And then the next day they send RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly over to the Raptors for OG Ananobi and Precious Achua. The Knicks are 11 and 2 since that trade. I actually just watched the end of the Nuggets game. The Knicks just beat the defending champs by 38 points at home. It was just an absolute ass kicking, which was, which was really fun to watch. Knicks are just are, are a wagon right now, just clicking on all cylinders. 11 and two since the trade, and that it was it was a, it's a big trade, no doubt. Knicks drafted RJ Barrett third overall 
in that year where they were gunning for Zion. And Zion went one, John Morant went two, and the Knicks got RJ at number three. And the next year they got they got quickly. And, and both of those guys have been part of this this resurgence that the Knicks have had by making the playoffs uh, twice in the last three years. So these guys are homegrown homegrown guys. It was a, a you know a, a pretty big trade. I was never a huge RJ fan. I I I do like quickly. So it was it was a bummer to see him go. He was great great offensively. Kind of no show in the playoffs last year. So you know if 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 he had to go, I I get it. Um, RJ has just been up and down. He he was he was kind of frustrating over these last few years. Also not great in the playoffs last year. Coming back was was OG Ananobi. We'll get to him in a second, but in that Magic game, it, it made perfect sense because we because we were watching the Magic game, and at this time Mitchell Robinson is is hurt. He he's out for weeks with a leg injury, so it was Isaiah Hartenstein and Taj Gibson really signed off the street. And Gibson was was getting too many minutes, so they so they needed another big man. So this precious Achua thing, I, I think, is is actually a decent piece of of this trade. You needed to get Taj out of there, so you bring in Precious, and the Knicks were guard heavy. You know that game against Orlando, the the rotation was, you know, quickly didn't get a lot of get a lot of minutes. Grimes was kind of nailed to the bench. So they had quickly, they had Grimes, they had Barrett, they had Hart, they had DiVincenzo, they had Brunson. So Knicks had kind of a logjam since they got DiVincenzo. And, you know, with him in the starting lineup, I think that that they needed to clear clear some room. And, and OG comes back and has been the perfect quintessential 3 and D guy. The guy can guard everywhere from five up, you know, down to one. He's he's hitting his his open threes. He had a big night tonight. He had a, a Nick career high with uh, twenty six points. So Nick's eleven and two since the trade, and they're just super fun to watch. So they've you know good good on uh, Leon Rose. He, he was pushing the right buttons last year. Obviously, bringing in Brunson in last year was, was you know changed the course of the of the franchise. But then to get Josh Hart in the trade deadline last year and then this year to get a jump start on the trade deadline and bring a guy like OG back and the ball's flowing around. Um, the offense looks great. Everyone's playing really hard. Guys like Hart and Ananobi are, are playing really well on defense. The Blazers game I went to was just a complete route. They were up over 40 at one point. Justin Manaya, my guy from Providence, is 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 deep on the bench for the Blazers and and he got in. And it was it was really cool to see to to see him get some burn. What was crazy to see is he looks like a different player. He he was really athletic at Providence and he was high and high energy guy. And he looks even way more smooth and, and athletic than I remember him at PC, which I guess, you know, you, you think of you know, a guy like that with a year and a half in the NBA with the way these guys practice and train and with, with the diets and, and and the workouts and him going head to head with NBA guys every day. I, I was impressed to see the, 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 the leap that, that a guy like Justin Benaya made, he, he looked like he belonged out there and he, and he was pretty smooth, like light years ahead of uh, his, his last year at Providence. Nick's nets was a wild scene this, this past Tuesday night, good energy, really great energy for a Tuesday night. The Nets crowd was uh, was super into it. I have to say, it was probably sixty 
if not 65% Knicks fans. When the Knicks made a run at the end, the whole place was going bananas. Uh, I, you know, I've been to a bunch of Nets games. I've been to Nets playoff games. The Knicks crowd felt louder than what I've seen from the from the Nets crowd. So, if there was a doubt of of who runs the city, it, it's it, you know, it was answered on Tuesday night. The it's still very much a Knicks city. Nets fans were getting loud. You know, they 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 were up. It was back and forth at the end, and then you know the next crowd was was into it. But it was like I said, it was like 60, 65 to 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 forty, you know, thirty five, forty percent of Dead fans. So, uh, shout out to Brendan Hall, my my homie, who who uh, gave me the look on that one. And uh, yeah, it, it was a good it was a good game to get to. There's nothing better than just basketball, like on, on a wild electric night. It, it's uh it's a lot of fun. So so the Knicks Knicks, you know. They're just clicking on all cylinders right now, and I'm back. All, I'm back all in on Randall. I, I was never totally out on Randall. I was very, very disappointed. If, if you go back to the to the over the three seasons of C, of Free Oakley, I have, you know, Randall's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. I I had a whole podcast which said I think he was the most beloved Nick since Bernard King. Which was in that in that season where he made the second team All NBA, and the Knicks lost in that series to the Hawks. And you know, I stand behind that. That that season was completely electric. The whole city loved him. The next year, they missed the playoffs, and that was the Kemba year. The Fournier signing didn't work out. He's got the thumbs down. He pulled the Javi Baez on the Knicks crowd, which which was awful to see I, I had a whole podcast in terms of how much i hated the hobby bias thing and how he you know him thumbs down in the crowd was was reprehensible julius did that but was able to survive it mostly in parts of brunson coming in in basically year year three of, of this of this resurgence and you know brunson kind of right in the ship and julius straightened out made it to the third team all nba last year but this year you know I, I think just the production night in and night out from him you, you just can't argue with you know there was some stuff last year where he might have rubbed you the wrong way with some of the what appeared to be a lack of hustle in fairness after this playoff run he did get ankle surgery and he spent a lot of time in the offseason getting ready for, for for this season and you know he's worked on his game continuously this is like year nine for him in the nba and he's continuing to you know to, to show improvement like he's back to playing at an all nba level this year he's averaging 24 nine rebounds and five assists so you know R randall is is the bully ball is there he, he's he's kicking ass night in night out Brunson, you know, Brunson's having a great season. Again, he's doing having, having a better season than last year. In the Christmas episode, I, he was on my my nice list. You know, those guys have um have really, really carried the flow. And, and the offense is flowing more through them and then getting support from the role players. You know, I think Barrett kind of clogged that up a little bit. So uh they're rolling right now. Gotta call out Josh Hart tonight. Nick's up 32 with like a minute left in the third quarter and he's taking charges. So, you know, you'd love to see the intensity and just good team basketball. Seems like there's another move to make, you know, we're not quite at the trade deadline. You know, do they, they could add another piece. I was bummed to see Rozier go from Charlotte to Miami. 
they uh, the Heat sent Lowry and a protected first rounder over the Hornets for for Terry Rozier. Uh, he's averaging twenty three points a game, and he makes the Heat way more dangerous to get to to swap out Lowry for Rozier. Doesn't seem like a huge haul for him. He's been over twenty points a game in the last couple of years for Charlotte as he got more burn leaving Boston. You know, why couldn't have Rose offered up Fournier's expiring in one or two of their protected picks? Nick still have like a, a whole treasure trove of picks from some of these trades, you know, the Dallas trade. So they haven't cashed in totally in on yet. Why not go for a guy like Rozier? He would have been great for the second unit. Plus he goes to Miami, which makes them stronger, which is, which is tough. Guy like Jordan Clarkson, he's averaging 18 in, in Utah. They're the 10 seed in the West right now. Could they be sellers? Probably. Uh, Clarkson strengthens the bench, gives you more scoring in that second unit. Probably doesn't take you to the, the, that Boston-Milwaukee level. But um, but who knows? The way the Knicks are playing. I mean, like I said, they're a complete wagon right now. 11-2 since the trade. So that that's been a lot of fun. The NBA has been um, been fun this year, especially with the Knicks Knicks playing well. So I'll I'll, I'll shift over to to college hoops. I was going to start with with Providence, and I you know, I was thinking the uh, you know it, it, I didn't want to turn off any uh, any of the the non PC people out there. So we started NBA, but I will shift to to PC hoops right now. You know, if the Aaron Rodgers. Achilles injury wasn't devastating enough. In comes the Bryce Hopkins torn ACL. So PC hoops. I mean, you know, the, Bryce Hopkins, I've covered him at length in this podcast. We've spoken, Russ and I have spoke about him a ton. PC was in an interesting spot this year. They had two real money guys in Devin Carter and Bryce Hopkins. Bryce Hopkins and you know, the, the two of those guys were kind of 1A and 1B. And Bryce Hopkins is the Kentucky transfer. He's a true junior. He was on an All-American watch list, preseason, first team Big East. And PC was rolling about 11 and 2. We, we were ranked 23 in the country after beating number six Marquette at home. And then winning uh, like an awesome game uh, over Christmas against Butler. PC got in the top 25. We were ranked 23. We were absolutely cruising. And then in a, in a non-contact injury in the Seton Hall game at home, Bryce Hopkins tears his ACL. For us Providence fans, this is as devastating as the Rogers Achilles injury. And I am almost as bummed out by this without him they went on a four game losing streak now they've won the last two to get back to four and four in conference but Hopkins the way they were playing and Hopkins hadn't even really turned it out yet but just him him being involved they had such a high ceiling I think and it, we were starting to see what was in the cards for this year the getting the A plus games from Hopkins and Carter with some of the role guys. Ticket games has has been great. Has been a great friar. The transfer in from George Mason, you know Pierre Duval. We started to see those guys role players coming in, but but Hopkins and Carter were talented enough to do all of the heavy lifting, 
and losing Hopkins is, is absolutely devastating. Winning the last two, Friars have a pulse. There's, there's, it, you know, it's a coin flip at this point. We gotta, we gotta see what comes next. Next, but um, I'll run through the games I've been to, and and you know, after after the Hopkins ACL tear, you know, he tears it in the Seton Hall game. They wind up losing that game, and the, then they go out to Creighton for their first road game, and that game was was, was really frustrating. They were in that game. There was a chance, you know, they could have won that. Um, Josh Odoro, who is the other transfer in from, from George Mason, uh, you know, uh, he's been, had been struggling. I'm going to get to the Seton Hall game from last night where Odoro manned up, but there was a couple bad games uh, from Odoro, which, which I, I think cost them that, particularly the Creighton game. I think it cost them that game. Um, and English kind of need to get him under control. Um, you know, that, that, Creighton game, he was four of 17 from the field with three rebounds. This guy's their center. He's 6'11", and he had three rebounds, and he was four of 17, 0 for 5 from three. And, you know, he was trying to go up against against Kalkbrenner. Odoro, a couple games post-Hopkins, looked like the pickup guy. He was just shooting too much, and it was just annoying everybody on the court. He was turning the ball over, taking bad shots. Like I said, he was four of 17 in that Creighton game, and he absolutely killed us. Um, he, there was there was a play where Carter hit like a, a, a really deep three to, to cut it to one with four minutes to go in this game. So they, they were actually in the verge of trying to steal this. Alexander from Creighton comes back down, hits a three to put him up by four. Um, Hart Carter took another kind of heat check three. Odoro got an offensive rebound. So one of his three rebounds was an offensive rebound. He grabbed by the three-point line. And then he tried to just take Kalkrunner down low. And he just got basically, you know, basically stuffed. Like, like read the room, man. Carter was, was, was white hot. Um, so I, I was very much on the, the anti-Odoro bandwagon post that Creighton game. And, and they followed that up with the loss uh, at St. John's that I was at, which was, I you know it was kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a dogfight. And, you know, PC let that one get away from them. They had a shot at the buzzer to win it, but, um, you know, they, 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 and St. John's has been playing, playing well this year, but, but that was, that was a tough one. Then we lost at uh, home against Xavier. So we lose four in a row. Um, and then thank God that they, they played DePaul. They beat DePaul by 40 and it wasn't even competitive. You know, for a team that had lost four in a row and, and arguably their best player, or at least the 1A versus the 1B guy, uh, they just absolutely routed DePaul. Like, I, I don't know what is going on with that program, but they're a complete, complete disaster. So we had a little bit of a mojo going into Seton Hall last night, who's been one of the surprise teams in the Big East, and Seton Hall's been playing really well. And PC snuck one out. You know they were down eleven in the second half and and came back to win. I was in the uh, I was in the building. Papa K, Mike Kasher, um, homie from Providence. That was a an awesome game to be at. They won. PC wins that game, gets to four and four, which was huge. And now they got Ed Cooley coming into town on on Saturday. Uh, but a little bit about the Seton Hall game. Odoro won me back. You know I had been killing him, but he. He he played well last night, and and they needed it because you didn't get like an A plus game from Carter, and and Odoro 
really stepped up. The bigs on Seton Hall, uh, Bediaco and Hutchins Everett were really pushing him, Oduro and and Castro, the the other PC center around. These guys were, were a lot to handle. They were they were playing pretty nasty. Um, and Odoro was getting pushed around. Second half, he really stood up for himself. And, you know, he was fighting down low, some big rebounds, you know, play tough defense. And, you know, without Odoro's effort, you know, they, they don't win that game, no doubt about it, in, in Seton Hall. He was getting pushed around and he stood up for himself. So, um, Kadari Richmond was out. Seton Hall's probably their best player, but, you know, that's going to happen. Still a road game in the Big East, so it's a big win. I was impressed with the Dawes kid, uh, the point guard for, for Seton Hall. He had 26 points. On the PC side, I gotta say, ticket gains, man. He's been he's been awesome. He had 17 last night. He's a he's a I, I what I love about ticket, he does a lot of the dirty work. I was I was saying to Rust, I didn't know who that dirty work guy was gonna be. And ticket's not quite the Ed Croswell level dog, but you know, he's diving for loose balls. Uh he plays defense, he can block shots, he's a he's a wiry guy, he hits threes, he's like uh Diet Ananobi, Ananobi Light. I think he's uh he's kind of a been an unsung hero or, or real strong, strong part of this uh PC team this year. So so like I said, you know, this sets the stage for for Cooley's return on Saturday. P, you know, at the Georgetown not having a great year, and this is gonna be a wild one. It's gonna be Tavares going back to the Coliseum level vitriol for for Cooley. I will not be in attendance, but I will be watching at home. And I hope to be back with Russ to talk about the, the current state of things and we could review that um that Georgetown PC game. Must see TV though on Saturday. It's a uh it's a it's a 12:30 start. All right, so I did mention Rodgers before with the whole Achilles injury, but I, I did want to just spend two quick minutes on the Rodgers Kimmel thing. First of all, thank God that whole thing is over. Uh, that was not a fun news cycle. Um, but I am going to get the back of my quarterback here. Even though he's only played four plays, he's still my QB. I'm going to get his back on this one. I think this whole this whole Epstein-Kimmel thing has just been so blown out of proportion. You've got Kimmel crying on TV and calling Rodgers an asshole over Twitter, saying that he's putting his family in danger with his with his comments. Then you've got guys like Nick Wright calling Rogers a malignant. This is a quote from Nick Wright: "A malignant force in the culture." Guys like even like Boomer and Geo were, were completely up in arms, and everyone needs to just calm down and 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 let's get over ourselves here. You know, Rogers' explanation about what he said was totally valid. The short of it is that Rogers basically said. Kimmel wouldn't want the list to come out more so because Rogers alluded to a list coming out months before and Kimmel's already on the record calling Rogers a conspiracy theorist and a wacko. So Rogers point is that if this list does come out and I was right about it, there was a list, then Kimmel will look foolish because he's called me a wacko. So it, he never said that specifically said Rogers uh, never specifically said that Kimmel was on the list or was pals with Epstein. And even if he did, like, who cares? Like, to be honest, like, how would that be different from like Family Guy would make that joke or this 
is this crazier than anything Howard Stern says on his show? Like, I mean, it, it's a joke too. So, and he didn't even say it. So I'm getting my, my QBs back here. And I, I lost a ton of respect for Kimmel. I, I thought he was such a baby, you know, and he went on and ra railed against, continued to rail against Rogers in the subsequent shows, even Rod after Rogers gave his, his explanation. I mean, he's going and saying that he's putting his family in danger on you know on twitter with this stuff i mean what kind of response does kimmel get for talking shit about everybody guys like trump what kind of does, response does he get from that like rogers is 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 a problem for him um you know and then go back and look at kimmel the, the man show there's multiple segments where kimmel would dress in complete blackface and pretend he was carl malone and make a, a carl malone impression so you know, this, I, I thought it was so hypocritical for Kimmel to come out and start crying about how Rogers is putting his life in danger, his family's life's in danger. And it's completely out of line to, to make, you know, a joke like that. And, and look at the stuff that Kimmel's done over the years. You know, you, you look at the Kimmel's now like this, this, you know, A-list celebrity who's, uh, you know, kind of a Hollywood darling now. And, you know, some of the, I was looking back, so I was like, when was that Carmel and stuff? And the man show uh, ran from, from 99 to, to 2006. But if you go back and look at Kimmel's explanation of those, the, those Carmel Malone impressions, which he obviously had to apologize for, because they're all over the place. You can look it up on YouTube, but, you know, Vanity Fair articles or where, you know, articles praising Kimmel, he, he's basically going, well, it was the nineties and, you know, and or it, it, he even references the early '90s. The Man Show ran from '99 to 2006, so let's not talk like this was 1991. And you know, he was making some off-color jokes. So Kimmel, not cool. Rogers, you're my boy. I got your back. You know, you're, you know, you're on the Jets, pal. Ride or die. Um, but yeah, thank God that whole thing is over. Now, that was very toxic. That was a very annoying news cycle. I will leave all you guys with a with a nice story. And it is Islanders related. So just when you guys thought you were gonna get out of here without me going on to one of the other uh my one of my other beloved teams, we will talk Isles for a second here. But not in the context of the team, but just Christmas, Christmas miracle, Christmas, Christmas generosity, uh the Christmas spirit, maybe. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Um, I, the couple of days before we went to Florida or the day before we went to Florida, my daughter had a, you know, kind of a performance with her kindergarten class at the school. Um, she goes to school here on the Upper West Side and, you know, we took the, my little guy out of school. He came with us. We had a few minutes to kill. So we went to the grab a bagel uh, on 77th in, in Amsterdam. So we go into the bagel store. It's cold out. So my Will's got like the Islanders wool hat on. So he's obviously got tons of, tons of PC, Jets, Mets, Isles, Knicks gear. So he's got the Isles wool hat on. And I noticed there's this guy sitting at, at the table at the bagel, bagel shop and he's eating a bagel and huge bushy beard, um, Islanders sweatshirt and Islanders hat. So I'm like, all right, this guy's obviously an Isles diehard. If, if you're going to double down on the gear, right? If you're wearing multiple items of gear from your team, you're a diehard. To me, that's a 
that's a that's a friendly flag um to see right so uh will's got the hat on so i'm like he's four so i'm like will let's go talk to this guy let's go say hi you know he's he's got islanders gear on you've got an islanders hat on let's go over and say hi so i just you'll know, pop over and I go hey man you know uh i like the gear right you know my little guy you know we're both islanders fans and he took a look at will's hat and he was like oh yeah right on And you know nothing much more to it than yeah you know tough game last night they they only lost to uh, Detroit so um, you know it just kind of kept it moving went back and you know said hello and then went and ordered uh, order a bagel and as we're waiting for it to come out uh, the guy comes over to me and he's like um, hey man I, you know I actually have season tickets and and I can't use them for Feb tenth or Feb eighth. You know, you and you and your boy are Islanders fans. You you just want to take them, and you know you can take your son to to the game. And I was like, wow, man, that, that's really nice of you. Um, let me give you something for the tickets. And he's like, nah, nah, just take them. You know, like you guys are, you guys are clearly Isles fans, and you don't see a lot of Isles fans in in this part of New York. You know, Upper West Side is you know, and New York City in general is really a Rangers country. So, um, super nice dude. And he's like, give me your email. I'll send you the tickets right now. And sure enough, gave me, uh, I gave him my email address and he shot him right over. So look at that, you know, Isles fans being good to each other, you know, uh, being nice to each other over the holidays. And um, turns out he was just a doorman in, over on Riverside and he was popping in for a bagel. And just coincidentally, um, I'm never in there at that time. And um, it, it was, it was just a pure coincidence I asked him, I was like, you, you from Long Island, man? Are you, a, you know, Isles fan? Are you from, you from Nassau? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm from Long Beach. And he was like, uh, oh, actually from Staten Island. But um, my, uh, the father figure in my life is a big Islanders fan and he got me into them. So now me and my brother have tickets and this is, I just can't swing the game and figured out, uh, give them to another Isles fan. So very cool story. And, and Will has not been to a game. So I am looking forward to taking him to his first game and, having it being from just being nice to people out there, you know, um, let that be a lesson for the free Oakley listeners out there, you know, uh, you know, put the phones down, you know, get off of TikTok, get off of, uh, obviously listen to free Oakley, but, uh, you know, get, get, put the phones down, you know, go out, meet people, get, get involved in your community, get to know your neighbors. You know, we, we need a lot of, we need a lot more of that, you know? So, so we're starting off season four, with a bang, some positive messages here. Um, I got a whole host of stuff that I'm dying to do. The Super Bowl's coming up. Cooley's returning to Providence. Uh, basketball's in full swing. Uh, you know, so we're going to have some guests. It's going to be an awesome year. Season four is underway. We're going to try to bring you more content than ever. Hit me up if you want to chat. Free Oakley Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, see you guys soon. Daniela, you said all those things I wouldn't have dared.